Hi, everyone, and welcome to Par 4 Parlay, the golf podcast. It's part of the Total Sports 24-7 Network. This is Chris Hayes, the host and producer for this podcast and all podcasts across the Total Sports 24-7 Network. You can find us on X at Total Sports underscore 247. You can find all of our podcast episodes across all the podcasts we have on the network on our website, totalsports247.podbean.com. And please be sure to subscribe to our newsletter, weekendweekout.substack.com. Also, lastly, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever it is that you listen to the podcast. The more reviews that we have, the more five-star reviews, we tend to bump up a little bit on the platform's algorithms. We become more searchable for new audiences to find us, and we uh, grow and promote and continue to spread the word about what it is that we are doing here at the network. We've been off for a little bit uh, at the network. We were dealing with some unexpected uh, personal things came up. We uh, had to manage those over the last few days, so that's why we were off, but we are back now, and we're excited to talk about one of the most exciting stops on the PGA Tour, and that is TPC Scottsdale and the Waste Management Open at Phoenix. So before we get into that course, its history, and what we like for this week, let's talk about last week and a little bit of this uh, season recap so far on the tour. So last week uh, in Pebble Beach, it was a rain-shortened event. Only three rounds took place. We had Wyndham Clark winning Pebble Beach. He had an unbelievable final round, a course record 60. He really could have gotten, say, a 58 or a 59 the way he was playing. Still a course record and a great win for Clark. Clark's been on the tour for a little bit of time, but has really picked up his play in the last year. He has three titles to his credit, and they've all come since May of last year. He finished Uh, Last year, uh, uh, number 10 in the world, and this win at Pebble Beach catapulted him to a career high of number six. When we look at the picks that we recommended last week, we did hit on Justin Thomas. He was a top 10 finish. He had three fairly consistent rounds over the three-day tournament. Jordan Spieth, unfortunately, never really got on track. We thought he would build off some positive momentum we've seen at the beginning of the season, and given his history at the course, we thought he was a pretty wise play, but he ended up finishing tied for 39th at 6 under par. Maverick McNeely, our long shot to finish top 20, finished tied with Spieth and had an exact same uh, uh, type of course, t- type of day, type of tournament, I should say, that Speed did, finishing the same um, in each of the three days that Speed did. So they ended up finishing tied. And someone that we still really like long term has not shown it this year so far is Max Homa. We thought uh, being in on the California circuit part of the tour would help him, given his history at early on in the season for the tour, and it just didn't come to fruition. He finished minus two, tied for 66 uh, out of 80 golfers. Now, there were other golfers who finished right alongside him who also struggled, including him and McElroy. And I think just overall with the weather and it being cut short, last weekend was a pretty challenging tournament to predict. But 
they've all been challenging to predict this year. I, I want to give you a little bit of a quick recap before we get into Scottsdale uh, and the Waste Management Open. Uh, how this has gone this year in terms of uh, how surprising these results are, right? So we had the century to start the year with Chris Kirk. He is now uh, number uh, 27 on tour. He finished last year 52nd, so he's moved up 25 spots. His career high way back in 2015 was number 16, so a little bit of a resurgence for Kirk, uh, jumping well inside the top 50 with his win at the Century. Then at the Sony Open, we go to Grayson Murray. He is now sitting at number 52 in the world golf rankings. His career high was 46 after the win he had this year at Sony, and he ended last year ranked number 133. Then we go to the American Express with Nick Dunlap, who of course is an amateur and turned pro after his win at the American Express. His career high was number 68. He is currently at number 71, but he got his career high after his win at the American Express. And lastly, we have Matthew Pavan, who has been playing lights out so far in 2024. His career high, number 26. That's where he landed after his win at the Farmers Insurance Open and where he sits currently as well. He finished last year at the uh, at the end of 2023, finished number 93. So we have four uh, winners, Grayson Murray, Nick Dunlap, Matthew Pavan, and Wyndham Clark out of the five so far who have reached their highest ranking of their careers after the win they had this year. That seems to me to be such a fascinating stat and speaks to the unpredictability that we've seen on the PGA Tour this year. I don't know, I will say, that that unpredictability will continue this weekend in Phoenix at TPC Scottsdale. So let's get into the course, uh, the leaderboard, so to speak, or the favorites and what it is that we like for the week. So TPC Scottsdale is a length of uh, 7,261 yards. It's a par 71 course. Fairways tend to be reasonably generous relative to other courses on the tour, and greens are a little bit larger than average. Of course, this is one of the uh, main events, main attractions for, uh, I would say, people who are casual fans of the sport. They all know the Waste Management Open because of the famous par 16. It is the only enclosed hole on the PGA Tour, fully enclosed, I should say. The grandstands that enclose the 16th hole here uh, have a capacity of 20,000. And it gets rowdy. They get a lot of uh, students from Arizona State that go to the event. And it, it can, uh, you know, the, the event always seems to come down to those final few holes on the last day. Like almost even more than other courses on tour. It, there's typically not like a runaway in this event. I think it's in large part due to the atmosphere that you see at the end of the course, particularly on this part three at 16 hole, which is again, probably the most famous hole on the course. And I was listening a little bit to uh, the CBS guys, Kyle Porter in particular had this cut. And I'm wondering what you as the audience think of this, because I'm going a little bit back and forth. Yeah, this event, TPC Scottsdale in the Waste Management Open Phoenix, it seems as if it was kind of a layup to be a signature event, 
if if you think about the uh, uh, if you think about the just the, the the tour in general and what casual fans know about the PGA Tour, this is one of the events that people know about, and it seems like and Porter was saying this. It seems like it was a bit of a miss on the part of the tour not to make this a signature event, given that this is a way to draw in golf fans. But then the counter to that is it already does that. So do you waste a signature event almost on an event that is so popular already and use it at other courses to try and draw fans in that way. You know, I have been going back and forth on my opinion of this. I think I'm leaning towards the Kyle Porter side of things where I think this should be a signature event. Maybe there's too many at the beginning of the year. I don't know. I mean, the Century, I guess, technically was a signature event. I'm not sure if the the spacing of the events, I don't know, matters all that much. Maybe it does in terms of travel and importance. You do, I guess, kind of want to spread out the events for interest throughout the season and making sure the golfers are playing throughout the season rather than concentrating their efforts in certain parts of the calendar. I guess I get that too, but it does seem like the PGA Tour, which is you know losing players to live, it, a way to at least at least maintain your audience, if not draw in even more people, is to... Uh, make an event like Scottsdale even more important or significant, you know, prize money wise and you know, ranking wise, those sorts of things, rather than leaving it as a standalone event that can sometimes just be known as the party event on the tour. So, th- those are my thoughts on where this stands in terms of uh, a signature event or not, and how how the PGA maybe did miss the boat a little bit on this one. It's almost like they know that it's a draw and they know that it's different and they want to leave it at that and assigning additional significance to it maybe wouldn't generate um, as much revenue or as much interest in, in the event because it's already there. It's already baked into the event. I don't know. I think that it's, that it's something they should reconsider moving forward and, uh, bumping up the significance of this event in terms of rankings, points, uh, prize money, those sorts of things. So to the event, the field is, I would say, it it's not as deep as one might want for an event of this size. We did have some withdrawals early to contend with Xander Schauffele and Victor Hovland have both withdrawn from the event, and that really did move the line significantly at your sports betting books like DraftKings, FanDuel, what have you. When we look at who remains in the field after those withdrawals, Scotty Scheffler is a significant favorite. He is the two-time defending champion. He shot 19 under par last year. He is plus 450 right now to win the event on DraftKings. And those are some pretty short odds for the sport of golf in general. Like you you do not see odds that short for someone to win an event all that frequently. I was listening to um, another podcast, uh, the uh, Betting Pros, 
with Pat Fitzmorrison, Bo uh, McBrayer, and they were talking about an event uh, that John Rahm headlined the Mexican Open, I believe it was, where he was a three to one odds to win, and that was the shortest that they had ever seen. And then this one, it's, it's kind of like right there with that one. It's not three to one, but four and a half to one. Again, that's not uh, those are not odds that you see all that frequently on the tour, and that speaks to me to a little bit to the lack of depth in the field, especially with those withdrawals that I talked about. Next in line for outright winner is Justin Thomas at plus uh, 1,100, so 11 to 1. He's somebody that we did like last week, did finish top 10, and we like again this week, maybe not to win. Scheffler's just such an overwhelming favorite, but um, Thomas is someone to keep an eye on. When we look at the rest of the top 10 odds, we've got Max Homa in third. Again, he's somebody that we're going to kind of stay away from for now. We want to see it a little more in 2024 from Homa before uh, trying to bet him again. Speed is tied for third with him at plus 1800 as well. Sam Burns rounds out the top five with plus 2200. Then we have Wyndham Clark at plus 2800. We do kind of like him again this week. Not somebody we're going to bet, but we we like those odds. And Byung-Yong on at plus 2800 as well. Then Sun J.M. is plus 3,000. And then Tom Kim, Minwoo Lee, Max, or sorry, Matt Fitzpatrick, J.T. Poston, and Cam Young all at plus 3,500. They have various odds for top five and for top 10. So those are your uh, top odds for outright winner on DraftKings currently. There's another player deeper in the field who is not in that position, who has won this tournament twice. He's just outside the golfers that I just mentioned. That's Hideki Matsuyama. He's won this tournament twice as well, plus 4,000. This tournament does tend to reward what you might call like a ball striker type of golfer. And that is certainly uh, Matsuyama. And of course, it's Scotty Scheffler, right? Scheffler is known for someone who uh, struggles in a little bit of the shorter game, but makes up for it with being one of the best, if not the best uh, golf striker, or sorry, um, ball striker in the world. So uh, Scheffler, again, those odds are, they're so short, it's kind of hard to to bet them. So let's talk about some other golfers in the mix here that uh, are interesting and uh, plays that we're going to look at and consider making. So someone who's come up a ton in all the research that I was doing for this episode was JT Poston. He's going to be somebody that we are going to play. He is a plus 3,500 right now to win the tournament, but we are going to go with the top 10 odds for Poston on uh, DraftKings at plus 300. We actually really like those odds a lot. He's one of the better short game players and putters in the field, and He's third in birdies or better gained. And in order to win this tournament, it's very likely that you'll have to make a lot of birdies. And that is something that Poston, uh, statistics-wise say, he is very good at. So uh, we are going to have him as a top 10 play for our first bet at plus 300. 
another player that we have our eye on and somebody, and this is what they were saying on betting pros as well, someone that the crowd will get behind, especially if he starts to streak a little bit, and that's uh, Akshay Batia. He is a uh, he's plus 6,500 currently on DraftKings to win the tournament. We're not going to go that far, but we're going to place a, a unit on him for a top 20 finish at plus 250. He is extremely talented, and that talent could he could start to live up to that talent, we think, this year, and <laughs> perhaps as even as early as this tournament. He's got good approach distant numbers for what you see on this course and um we th- we think that he could thrive in the environment. If the crowd takes to him, that could really spur his game on and lead him to a a, a very good finish. We're going to go with the top 20 like we said, but I mean I, I I we think we could go higher as as well uh given again how his game likely will play on this course, and the crowd factor we think is a big one for him. Uh, the number one player for birdies or better gained in the field, and somebody we are taking as our outright winner at plus 4,500, that's Eric Cole. He is second in uh in the um, par four lengths of four, between 450 and 500 yards. We think that his stats line up quite nicely for him to perform admirably at this tournament. He's also great on approach. And we think just the the, the stars are aligning for Eric Cole to have a really, really good tournament. So we're going to take a flyer on him to win. He's the one we think that will... That will if Scheffler doesn't win, right? And again, those odds are so so short. If he doesn't win, the field, it's like Scheffler and everyone else. You know, there, there's a little bit of a concentration with say Spieth and Thomas and Homa at the the top. But again, with the with the withdrawals of Hovland and and Xander, it tends to. I think it opens up the field considerably for again another long shot like we've seen all season long to take advantage of the opportunity. And we think that Cole is the one to do that. And so those are the three plays that we're going to make this weekend. So to recap, JT Poston, we like at uh, top 10 finish at plus 300. We like Ashke Patia at plus 250 for a top 20 finish. And our outright winner long shot is going to be Eric Cole at plus 4,500. If you want to go for Scotty Scheffler, you may consider um, like doubling him up with like parlaying maybe a top five finish or a top 10 finish, having that as part of a parlay play that you would make. I mean, top 10 right now, he's minus 165. It's very unlikely he will finish outside the top 10. So a way to maybe boost some odds on uh, uh, some other bets that you might be considering. That might be a play that you want to throw in there as he is the overwhelming favorite. So that'll do it for this episode of Par 4 Parlay. Thanks for listening and thanks for your patience with us as we sorted through some issues this week. Uh, But we are back on the network. We hope you enjoy the golf uh, this weekend. And uh, stay tuned to the network for more podcast episodes from our various podcasts the rest of the week and into this weekend. Thanks so much.